Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk 20s. Man, busy week, busy week. I think we are on episode, by the time we upload this one, be like episode 36. So gentlemen, we are approaching the 40 milestone and hopefully by summer we'll have that 50 bomb down. And we're just chugging away for you guys. I hope everyone who is listening and watching has had a good past week. And I know I have had a great week, busy but good. And I'll let the other two gentlemen talk about their weeks briefly. What's going on, fellas? Go ahead, GT. Just busy, staying busy with work and being around family, being blessed. So can't complain. Just been busy and blessed. Great. Busy and blessed for me as well. It's been a good week, a lot of progress, a lot of things got done, but definitely feeling good about the future. Some good strides. So yeah, just excited to see what's going to happen. Some good months are coming up here soon. April, May, and June are going to be great. Especially I'm, May. I'm with, I'm with, especially May. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, I, I feel that uh, a lot of things in the works for our own personal lives and yada, yada. And we're just going to have to see how everything unfolds. Don't want to speak anything to existence. Right. So for this week's topic, you know, it's funny because it was something that I don't know if I mentioned it or one of the two of you have mentioned it. And we're like, this is a great idea. We need to talk about this for a future episode because it's something that all three of us obviously went through the American education system. And all three of us went to college and graduated. And so we kind of have a good understanding of how things work, or I should say lack thereof in some people's eyes. And even being graduates of the American school system, we realized that it is flawed in a lot of ways. And I kind of just wanted to break it down, not necessarily in a statistical or factual way. That was something I was actually looking into. That was bringing actual stats and number figures and everything for people, but more of a personal experience slash opinion based of why the title will be a little controversial, but the title will be education system failing. So talking about school and why we think it works or does not work so you guys want to hop into it connor i know that you have the first question sir yes i do i i, I actually I, I wanted to look up some data as well but we'll, we'll we'll get into the topic and maybe i can find some later yeah i i've been very passionate and vocal in a lot of my conversations with people ever since i got into college about how well should be candid how shit the education system is in the United States in a lot of areas, especially I feel where we grew up. I don't think it's bad in every area and I don't think every aspect of it is terrible. I just think it's misguided and flawed. And there are a lot of things that I feel like were negative that I brought from school. There's a few positive things too. So maybe we could start with that with you guys. You know, what what's the most positive thing that you have brought into your adult life now that you're out of school that you learned from your time, not in college, but in primary school, like elementary, middle, high school, you know, what's one positive thing. And then on the adverse, we'll go into the, the negative side after this, but let's start with the. I know this isn't for me personally, this isn't like we weren't taught this, but we we're kind of was how to interact with other people and interact with multiple people and build relationships and to build positive and constructive relationships, not just random relationships like, oh, yeah, that's I have a class with him. But it was like we really got to talk with people, figure ourselves out mm -hmm. through the education system and we really just got to figure out who we were 
mm-hmm. and then figure out who the best people are for us and to see, you know, why some people stay or some people go. Like I've said before, Steve Harvey said, not everybody that comes with you goes with you. So evolving. And I feel like your friend group, it, it, it all depends. I don't know if I'd say society, but how to just talk with people all around. So I think that's probably the most positive thing for me. Cool. So what about you guys? Besides besides that, the interpersonal and, and social skills for sure. I would I would say that something that school did do is for the subjects that we did do, like in elementary, middle school specifically, it wasn't very specific and it definitely was geared towards, you know, like certain career fields, the basics of, you know, English writing, science, math, et cetera. So anyone who's going to an engineering job wants to do anything medically or science based or whatever, it's intriguing to them. And that was the case for me is the science classes definitely helped me realize that I wanted to do something in a medical field. So I took away a bunch of the knowledge that I learned in the science courses specifically, because those were like my favorite and the ones I was most enthused about. I'm trying to think of something else besides that. I mean, GT, honestly, that was, that was one I really wasn't thinking of, but I, I mean, that's the obvious one. I think the one that we'll all agree on is definitely the interpersonal and, and social skills that that school taught us for sure. Yeah. There's, there's no doubt that public school is really good for interpersonal skills, even if you deal with some horrible people in public school. I mean, you, yeah. you learn how to make good friends. You learn how to make good enemies, too. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about that. And it's, it's definitely important, I think, for development, especially younger kids, to be exposed to a lot of other people their age, to be exposed to different kinds of kids that have all different backgrounds. Like, that's, that's a good that's a good framework for you to start with. And then especially as you get into middle school and high school, elementary schools are definitely more local. And it's like a lot of people that are close by, but middle school is bringing a bunch of elementary schools together. And then high school is bringing some middle schools together. So, you know, it's like high school when you get in there, because they're so much bigger, you have a lot of people that came from like different your area, but they all have like different experiences of school. So yeah, that's, that's a good point, GT. I, I, I can't really add on too much else. I think Tanner harped on something else I was thinking about, which was like the basic classes were definitely very in-depth for the most part. Obviously, if you excel in those things, like I really excelled in math and I really enjoyed math and I always knew that math, any kind of field like working with math, it, it just works for my brain because it's so specific and I, and I love it and it's really easy for me to understand. So yeah, I think primary school covered the basic course as well. I would actually say just speaking primarily about high school, even though in our high school, it wasn't really a well-funded department and there was a lot of flack about it. I did enjoy how much passion there was in a, in a small town for the fine arts programs. And I really felt like there was a lot of opportunity for me, for me to at least be exposed to it. So if I wanted to explore it more in college, I could have, and I did, you know, specifically with choir, there was just a really passionate chorus teacher and music theory teacher there. And he inspired me to go into chorus my senior year of high school. And I had done band for like six years up to that. And I was like, so done with band because of how I felt it was taught. That's a whole nother subject, of course. But yeah, so at least in our school, I, I, I think electives, if it has passionate people can be done well, but that's a big if, obviously, if they don't care, then they don't care. So yeah. 
yeah, that's that's what I would say about that. But there's definitely a lot of negatives to it too. What about negatives for you guys? What's like the negative side of it now? This is a hot take. Oh shit! Here we go. When the hell was the last time you used a Pythagorean theorem or like exponential growth in daily life? Like when you go back to like calc and pre-calc, when have you used that in your daily yeah. life? And they say you're gonna need to know this for life. Where MX? What's that? What's that song? It was like Y Y equals plus or minus square root plus or minus square root. X blah 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 over blah something. <laughs> we don't know because it remember. wasn't it wasn't important. So we of course we don't know. Yeah, dude, like that's a hot take. Like it was. Why would I? Why do I need to know stuff? Why am I being told stuff that I'm not going to use? I agree. In life, I, like that makes no sense. I agree. I feel like a lot of the filler classes that I had to take, like four years of English. And and language arts and stuff. I I'm sorry. I know there's people who love reading, and I I actually like reading. It's just the the content that was taught, the the books that were required by the system. Cultured. Yeah, need to be culture. Like, why do I need to know world literature before 1600? Like, to what degree is that actually benefiting my mind and my time for the long run? If you made me sit down for a two-hour class in finances, for example, which I know is something we're going to get into, that's useful. That's stuff that I will retain because it is applicable to my daily life. But even for people who are English majors in college or are very passionate about literature, like it, is it impactful enough to be taught on a national level for millions of kids to have to know or go through that course. I personally don't think so. So I feel like a bunch of the filler classes, even for the course subjects just didn't, it just did no good. I feel like it could have used my time slash my knowledge or the ability for me to learn different things to their advantage, but they, they just don't. Yeah. That's my opinion I mean though. I, I agree. I agree with your opinion. And I, I know we'll get more into the courses about what they did teach and what they didn't teach in the next few questions. I could delve into all the courses I wish I learned all day long, but I would, I would, I'll take a different approach about one thing I, I hated about school. And I think we've talked about this, I think in the very first episode, but the way that your life is structured as a student from the time you are four years old till when you're 18 or, you know, 22, if you go to college too, with how I mean, you have to get up so early and there's no, there's no indication why, especially high school students need to get up that early. They need sleep, especially if they're going through puberty. So that, that's one thing, but also the schedule where it's so regimented, where it's just constant information, five minute break, constant information, five minute break, constant information, maybe a lunch. And, you know, there's no encouragement of how some people might take a little bit slower to learn things and stuff. And we'll get into that too. But it's like the schedule is so rigid and then you get into adult life and it does not prepare you for the fact that <coughs> sometimes adult life is structured. Sometimes it's not, but you, sometimes you're just working and it's like, Sometimes you're just doing one thing for the whole day at work. Other times you're doing a bunch of different projects like you did in school. But it, they, they act like 
that's what your whole life is going to be. And you do it. I don't think people realize you do it for 15 years of your life nearly. Like that's what your whole life is with the exception of, of your breaks that you have. So there is no preparation for getting out of that rigid mindset once you are done. And so a lot of people stress themselves out when school is over because they're so used to that rigid mindset. I know how that, that's how I felt. Um, I know not everybody feels that way. And maybe they find a job where it is structured similarly to school where they have to have everything done by this, this, this. But I just think that that's not, I don't think that that's healthy to an extent. I, I think it, it makes sense for elementary school kids and younger kids, but as you get older and start to learn more about who you are, there's like no respect given to the students and encouragement about who they could be as people. And then of course, that's the numerous, there's also the numerous basic courses that we'll talk about here in a sec. I think GT was curious about that. Gentlemen, let's just dive into it then. There was a class called Home Ec, right? Where you learned about cooking, dishwasher, or just stuff like that, right? Why weren't kids taught more life skills, such as finances, dealing with like banks, accounts, retirements, etc., like sewing? Like why, why were we not taught these things because you go to college and you have like a thread hanging out or like a little hole a lot of us we don't know how to do any of that we'll call our parents up like hey how who should i go to where should i go to get this fixed can you imagine if we in high school had to take two life skill classes like every year or something like one for each six months or something and they're like half semester, half year classes, right? So you do a finance. What if you had a class about base mechanics for your car? Like what if you, what if you needed to learn about your car, for example, everybody's probably going to be driving a car. So that that's that not a driving course, just how to fix a car, how to change your oil, how to change a tire. What about kids who maybe aren't going to have their parents do that? What if you just take a course on it? Home ec is a home ec is a good one. You're, you're absolutely right, GT. It's it's baffling that there's so many lives. And that's just a few examples. Sewing is a is a great one as well. Yeah. Like there's an absolutely baffling. What if first aid was a class? What if you needed to learn how to do What if you had a whole class CPR. dedicated on basic for CPR, basic first aid, what every kid was CPR certified? It's just crazy that there's so many basic life skills that could be so useful and they're not taught that. And it's because the priorities for the education system are completely misinformed well pythagorean theorem and old english instead of finances to make sure we're well off going into adult life well and that's why there's professions for those specific tasks there's seamstresses there's mechanics there's plumbers there's you know paramedics that obviously do way more than you know fix a band-aid or no cpr but my point is is that there's been the ability for these professions to become professions and people solely do this task because it is less and less common for the normal population to be at the ability or knowledge of these individuals who are doing the job for people who don't know how to sew. Fuck, I don't know how to sew. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to take it to a, a seamstress, tailor, ta seamstress, tailor, yeah. tailor, whatever, take it to a seamstress or, or a tailor because they know what they're doing. I don't, I don't, why would I want to learn that when there's someone who does that as their profession? So I feel like it's, it's partly the education system. And now it's partly because of the way that we're wired that if we are not a lot of people, the way that they think. And unfortunately it's like the thought of people being cheap is that if they're not taught something that maybe 
they believe that it is not important. And that's maybe a way that the government slash education systems made us think that maybe being a car mechanic and learning about your car is not that important because you're not taught that in school for one. And also there's, there, there's car and auto shops all around the fucking city that you can go to and they know what they're doing. So why do you need to know? So there's a lot of people thinking that it is not important. So it's very, it's very interesting. That's the way that it is, but I don't disagree with your guys' points at all. Uh, and actually, yeah. the, go ahead. Go ahead before I go on. Well, I mean, I, I was going to go into another point, so you can finish your thought and then I'll go into it. Well, it was just, it just tied into my question. You know, we just talked about how we don't have classes that are tailored for people who want to maybe be a mechanic or be a seamstress or other what we would consider essential basic, you know, life skills. Do you think if the system changed to where the education was more personalized and individualized, do you think that the curriculum would actually reflect that? For example, having finances 101, being a core part of high school, et cetera. So do you think if the system changed to where it was more personalized, that the actual curriculum and what the schools would actually teach would adapt to that? Or do you think because we've been taught and the curriculum has been this way for so long that even if it had the ability to change it wouldn't or would. Well, it, it ties into what I wanted to say. Okay. I, obviously, I'm not, you know, I just started working with teachers and stuff, so I'm not like an expert. But I've heard teachers talk about, even when I was in high school and in college, and, and now when I'm working with them again, a lot of them are fed up with the system. They're fed up with it. They don't have a lot of power. Everything is standardized right now. There's these metrics that you have to meet and these guidelines that every student has to meet. And there's nothing wrong with guidelines and metrics and standards, but it's it's measuring each student's academic ability equally, which is not true. Obviously, that's not everybody has different learning styles. Everybody has just different brains, different minds. They process information differently. And so this whole really it all started with I, you guys are probably familiar with the No Child Left Behind Act. But that's really the that was like the big reason why education started getting so messed up was because everything became so standardized and had such a big focus on test scores and scoring ability. And if you score this, that means that you make this. And so theoretically, teachers should be able to build up these students to make these their scores higher so that they're not left behind and they can have an education. But it's not it's not an education if the score doesn't actually measure what you're learning and what your knowledge is. So if it was more personalized and had more to do with the actual knowledge that you obtain and retain in life, then it would be more beneficial. And that's the problem. You're obtaining something that says that you have this knowledge, but you're not retaining that knowledge to prove that you have that knowledge by talking about it. So it's like this piece of paper this degree that you're working towards means, oh, it means this. If teachers don't have good enough grades to stand on for their kids, for example, they could get fired for that. So it's like the, the, the educators are also completely screwed as well. So I do think it would be more beneficial if it was personalized because teachers would get more of what they want and it would be better for the students. GT. I, I just think, I think it's, it would help out. I think it'd be very hard come around like when you're dealing with 2,500 students and you've got what three months to prepare. I do think it's hard in that space, but also I definitely agree with what Connor says. Like everyone's being compared to like one, like a cookie cutter. 
shape. Like, not everyone's a, the cookie cutter shape. Everyone is their own cookie cutter shape. That's why every cookie is unique because not every cookie is going to be the exact same. And that's why every different creation cannot be created the exact same way ever again. Because it will never align back with absolutely everything that's been going on around. Which is why I think life is so beautiful because of how everything is so different. But going back to the school system, it's tough because that's a lot of kids. Yeah. And you can't put everyone to the same like standards because then you're not going to get the best out of every student. Because guess what? Some of those students don't want to be some of the things that other people want to be. And I think it's one of those where, you know, potentially once you get to about 15 or 16, maybe like your junior, senior year is something where you start to focus on what you really want to work at. Now, some people would argue maybe that that's not, I'll keep it short because we're probably going to talk about this later, but maybe they want to learn something different because it changes at 17 or 18, right? But I just, to make it clear, not everyone's the same cookie cutter shape and we should not put everyone in the same cookie cutter shape. And I think that they should be able to tell over all these tests, quizzes, you know, what are they the best at? How do they do the best? So I think it needs to be something more like that. So, but that's just, that's me personally. Tanner, what about you? I don't think it would change. I think that unfortunately, not even just the education system, but even with like careers and jobs, everything is so data-based to determine success. And that is the end result, you know, people getting fired if they're not producing this quota or this number, let's say for like a, a sales job. And I think that so many other areas of the life and areas of success obviously are more data-driven, which I understand to a degree. But that being said, since that is how we determine success for a lot of different avenues of life, I think that even if we had the ability to change the education system for it to be more personalized and this or that, there's still going to be the standardized test and the quantitable measurements to determine, you know, in a government's eyes or education system's eyes, how well a school system is doing, how well teachers are doing and whatnot. So I think even if they had the ability to change, I don't think it, I don't think it would at all. So maybe the last two years of high school and there, this already is kind of a thing like electives, for example, that's kind of like a college thing where you get to freely choose what you want to do, but there's so many more options in college and there's so many more, it's really encouraged for you to take specific types of electives, for example, based on like a past. So maybe by the time you're 16, you could indicate like a direction and then, oh, there are these electives that go along with this. Maybe see if you like it and you have this year to do it. Oh, you don't like it next year, go try this one or something. What do you guys think about that? Do you think that would be more beneficial? And then that would also prepare people for college a little bit better as well, rather than the whole structure, structure, structure. Okay, free form college. Here you go. Have fun. Spend a bunch of money and you don't know what you might want to do for a little bit. You know what I mean? What if it was a little more structured like college? Do you think that would be helpful? I think it would be very important. So that way they get just like their toes wet, right? They're not fully going off to college away from family where you know they are still staying close to home and they're not hours upon hours away or states away or whatever and i think it'd be one of those where they get to really see it before they're considered a legal adult because in the united states you're considered a legal adult at the age of 18 in some states you're considered an adult at the age of 17 
So I think it's True. some to get like just let them experience a little something and to you know, so that way they can also pick electives, they can see what they really like. Once you get to about sixteen, seventeen, you really gotta start thinking like where do you wanna go and what do you wanna study? And those classes, you can eventually change it. Hmm. And you could change it and be like, okay, never mind. Like, I can still go to this place. But at that point, you can't commit to a school until, like, spring of graduating. But even then, like, that's hard for a college. But I think, like, your senior year come, like, the end of your first semester, maybe that's when you do it. Yeah. That way they've got that whole first, that second semester, summer, and then they got you ready. So... I think yep. that's something that would be very good. I think it'd be very beneficial and something where people can start to really be like, okay, I love this. I don't really like this. Maybe this isn't for me, or maybe I want to go to a trade school instead, or it definitely opens the doors instead of it being the structure core subjects and this and that for people. It lets people be creative and decide what they want to do. There's a difference all the way up into your college because everything you're doing is mandatory and required of you. You aren't taking courses that you want to take. You have the yep. ability to do so. So everything is fucking required of you. You're, you're just taking these courses because you have to. Whereas if you had this pre-college kind of structure, people are choosing the classes that they want to take. And huh, imagine that if people are doing something that they like doing, they'll be better at it. So instead of, Real quick, because that just made me think. Remember all your first year classes, everyone has to take the same thing? Right. Right. Didn't we just hey. do that in high school? And middle yes. school? And elementary school? Like, like it's the same shit, just different courses. It's the same structure, different courses. So if people are taking stuff that they want to take, they're going to be more enthusiastic about it. They're going to want to come to school. And guess what? They'll standardize tests and ability for your school to do better and everything magically opens the doors because you're not forcing students to do these classes. And also right. college could be shorter as well. It doesn't need to be four years because your whole first year is covered because you're not doing the basic bullshit. So you're paying less for college as well. Theoretically, there's a lot of benefits to it that really it, it would just shift everything over in a positive direction. If nothing else, it just exposes students. And I think the exposure is the biggest issue is, Let's say you can barely afford college or you're taking loans out for college and you don't know if you want to do this thing, but you didn't have any experience in high school or whatever. So you just go to a 50000 a year college and then you realize, oh, fuck, I don't like this and I want to drop out or I want to switch majors. Well, you just spent your money. Whereas if there was a high school. That's a salary. That's a salary. That's that's a year that you could have been working in a different field had you known. So yep. there, there's, I could go ramble on it, but I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. That that's really, okay. that's really so, good. So question. like y'all think that that would, that would be helpful. Absolutely. Like I, I yes. think yes. like imagine if we had our, our basic reading, math, English, whatever class is done by our junior year of high school. They, they absolutely and focus on what you seeing, what you like and you don't like, and then going it, and exploring through there. Ex exactly. And I understand that like, there's a basic math reading and like language level that you have to have as a functioning humans in society. But the way that I write essays about fucking God, what is, what, what is one of those books like Van into Gogh. the wild or like, yeah. what does that have to do with any, it's just like, it didn't help me after college. 
it was just a but, great story. That was it. And yeah, I don't know. But but here's what I can do as well briefly is just like you're getting you're getting more workers and literally almost every profession that you're offering quicker for one. So you're having more workers in every field. So all these job occupations, assuming that people actually want to do it, there's so many job occupations that are in dire need of workers or what they say, like it's going to decrease by 20% by 2030 or whatever. If you're at least exposing people, more people to anything, then statistically, the more people are actually going to do it, right? If you expose something to 5,000 people, that's 5,000 people that are maybe rather than 50 people. You know what I mean? So you're getting workers into all these career fields quicker. You're exposing yep. people to occupations that need workers. And it's people who are actually passionate about something instead of just randomly stumbling upon it because they looked up majors at Auburn University and then decide one that looked interesting to them. Like, what the fuck? How, how are you basing your whole future off something that you read on a list of majors that a college offers for a lot of people? That's how they base it off of. It's, it's just fucking insane. I think GT had an idea about trade schools and like, imagine if that was more wide open in the US. So GT, you were curious about that, right? I know my brother and my mom went to trade schools, but they would do it like during the and they would go for a little, like a week and learn something. They could do blacksmithing, weaving. They could do like basket weaving. You could do welding. You could do freaking all types of things that are things that we aren't taught in school. I mean, granted, like blacksmithing and welding, that's not a typical job that a lot of people do. And, right. and that's okay. But why is it so hard to find trade schools? And, like, why is it hard to find, like, these schools where, oh, great example. Cambridge High School has their own vet clinic. They have two of them. Hmm. I didn't know that. Right there on campus, and there's one right there by campus. They have two. Really? Listen, when you expose people, you're you're inspiring people, right? At the minimum, you're exposing people, you're inspiring. Oh, that sounds like something I could do, or that's really cool. I want to do that. How hard is that? I mean, that is marketing 101, you know? If anything else, these companies or professions could at least, like, have some kind of partnership with these schools to say, hey, we're kind of, like, recruiting your students to possibly go down this field. And in exchange, we're giving these resources and exposing these students with whatever they need to properly be equipped for what would be the profession, right? Like that, like the vet clinic, for example, I know damn well, there's people who go to Cambridge high school that will go to a vet clinic. And if nothing else, be inspired. Yeah. Be inspired to be a veterinarian. And then they're going to college to be a veterinarian because of that program alone. Like it it will do something. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. You, you know what it is, too? You know what the federal government could do to make that better, too? And again, I know it'd be more complicated with this, but like, <laughs> give, look at us. Give, yeah, no, but like give, give states like a budget for this kind of thing and basically like tax breaks for schools because, you know, I know they're like federal government buildings, but schools that like partner with more organizations. Oh, you partner with this organization. Give them a little tax break or give them a, give them a grant that they can disperse some like, like, like something like that. You know what I'm saying? Incentivize them for higher education training or something like that. For example, it wouldn't be that hard to do it. There's obviously money for it to, to happen. I just don't, it, it seems like there, there is. And it just seems like, they don't want to allocate funds towards that. I, That's I such wish a good that... fucking idea. Seriously, how how hard could that truly be? If I'm a company and this open a door, you can monopolize, be the 
third-party company that, let's say, partners with Valvoline and like a basic auto shop company. And that is the recruiting service that goes to thousands of public high schools that teaches students about car mechanics and whatnot. <laughs> How many mechanics would you Cha-ching! Like, are you fucking kidding me? And dude, me? mechanic, car mechanics can make good fucking money. If they, go, if they work in NASCAR or Formula One or any of those big ones, if they Facts. start really young, are you kidding me? They could make money so bad. much money when they're older. They could be engineer. Oh, my God. Like, it's a uh. fucking – I know we're not the first ones, but really, though? I would support anybody who proposed something like that for an education system. On, any yeah. politician – any politician steals our idea, go out on a platform, I'll vote for you. I'll, I'll, I'll canvas for you. I Come know on. a couple car mechanics – one of them, he he said that sometimes he makes two hundred fifty dollars an hour. I said, "What? It's a hard job, but they make good money." It's like two fifty an hour. Yeah, you can make over a hundred grand within a few years of Dang. being a mechanic. Easily Easy. over a hundred grand. Easily, dude. Oh yeah, they're because nobody nobody fixes cars anymore because nobody wants to do it anymore. Nobody and... wants to do it. So, fellas. We always end on kind of advice. We always end on, you know, we've been ranting a lot about why the education system makes sense. And by the way, we're two, like, or sorry, two, three young 20 year old guys who came up with like a fuck ton of good ideas for what the education system <laughs> could do. I know that it's more complicated than we're making it seem. Obviously, I, I, I get that. But I mean, we're just spitballing here, and these are already much better solutions than what we have in place now. Like, who is on this and who do I need to call? Anyways, that's not the point. Point is, while with what we have now, the best thing that you can do, in my opinion, is just understand what your learning style is. And so that when you are doing certain assignments for college or for any 20-year-old or 19-year-olds that are about to become 20, maybe listening to this podcast, for example, and you're like, oh man, you know, I don't, I feel like I don't know how I learn. I'm curious about y'all's journeys with your own learning style. What are y'all's learning styles? How did y'all figure it out? What advice would you give people who want to figure out their own learning style? And then if we have any recommendations for any websites, you can go on to take any quizzes for this stuff. I have a few, but you guys go ahead. I'm curious about how you guys learn. I would say I'm a visual learner and more of an experienced learner. I'm one of those where if you just start reading stuff off a book or you, oh no, this is the worst. If you have me read 50 pages a night for one class, and then I got to do where I got to write a paper for another class. Then I got to like read all like, dude, that's. When you start throwing so much reading into my head and it's something I don't enjoy, that like it's those pages just get longer and longer and longer. I feel that. And it takes so long. And then you look at the clock and you're like, dude, I haven't even gotten on my questions yet. I'm a visual <laughs> learner. And the best way that I learn is I like to do stuff with hands on. So to where if I have somewhere I can maybe build something or I can think of something my own way, how about if I do more presentation? Or how about I make something to show you how I understand something? Why can't there be different ways mm -hmm. to like I convey mean. one thing, but you yeah. want everyone to write a 10 page paper. Learning style for me is also the reward system. Like we've talked about multiple times. So I think it's 
just like little by little. I think breaking it up, giving myself like a little break, and then that way I'm really focused on it during that time. It's not prolonged. All right, take a step back, relax, take a break. But don't take like an hour long break. You know, take like five, ten minute break, get up, stretch, get something to drink, you know, like go to the bathroom or whatever, and then go back at it. And try to, you know, take out chunk by chunk. So that's what I do. That's how I work well. Okay. It's funny. I'll go. I'll go brief because GT. I'm. I'm honestly the same, man. I really am. I have learned so much more with the jobs that I've done in my life and like just doing them than I ever have with some. Somebody. I'm also a visual, like in person learner, and kind of. I think. I think it's there's visual, audio. Oh God, what is it called? Visual, audio. Oh gosh. I'm trying to remember. And then there's a couple of websites that you can go on to. There's varklearn.com. That's a questionnaire to figure out which one you are. There's actually a, a North Carolina State University like learning style questionnaire, and they'll basically give you two situations. And you can literally type that in North Carolina State University learning questionnaire. It'll give you two situations and you'll like pick which one you like the most, and then it'll assign a style to you and what your levels of each one are at. So you know how proficient you are. So if you have a certain task that you're not good at, you know, you got to work a little harder. So that would be my spiel. Very, very nice. I would just say if it is something that you are able to like get some actual experience in for a profession and shadow someone or something of that sort, I would highly recommend that. And experience definitely outweighs book smarts. And something that blew my mind with with just me recently applying to grad schools is that so many schools are accepting students who had way better GPAs than me, but had the bare minimum or borderline the bare minimum observation hours of of the field to be a physical therapist. And to me, it's like, you can be as smart as you want, but if you don't have the interpersonal skills and the actual practical application of teaching a patient or assisting a patient with certain gait movements, rehab, et cetera, then you're not going to be a good physical therapist. You know, same thing for really any medical profession, just because that's the realm I'm most knowledgeable in. But it just blows my mind that we still we still value knowledge over experience. At least people with experience know that it's something that they want to do. So anyways, my whole spiel, if you're able to shadow, have an opportunity to shadow with a profession that you're trying to get into, like let's say you're going into college, you want to be veterinary science or veterinary medicine go to a vet clinic and do observation hours. Just make sure it's something that you want to do. And I'm definitely a visual learner as well. Yeah, I honestly, I don't have any resources, Connor. I wish I researched more in order to like tell people different learning styles. But just realize that just because maybe you're different, you take longer to study or you study different than your friends doesn't mean that you're dumber than them. Doesn't mean that you're less smart than them. Just means that you have to learn content in a different way. And that is completely fine. And that whole stereotype will completely dissipate once you're into the workspace because everyone's doing the same everyone's doing the same job and it doesn't matter as long as you get to the deadline. It doesn't matter how you do it, just do it well, get it to this deadline for a lot of different jobs. So you don't need to worry about that. But uh, John, I think this is one of my favorite episodes most Me definitely too. recently, possibly ever, on the Let's Talk Twenties podcast. How do you guys feel about it? You, you agree with I, that? I statement? love talking about I this. I liked it a lot too. Maybe we need to do like some of these more of a, uh, like a hot take or something where we kind of yeah. dive into something like this. So I think it was a great episode. I think the viewers slash listeners will listeners. also appreciate this one. Yeah. Listeners. Yeah. 
So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to another episode of Let's Talk 20s. I hope you guys have a great week. I hope you had a great rest of your week. Take care. Until the next one.